and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. As you can probably tell, I am not your resident Drama School Dropout, Ingram Noble. Unfortunately, Ingram has been really poorly this week, so much so that he can't lend his voice to the intro and outro. So he has asked me, I'm Heather Spiden. You might probably recognise me from This Is Where We Update You, and if not, why not? This episode is 71, and Ingram is joined by the amazingly talented actress Jasmine Franks. Enjoy! Drama school dropout. No graduation day for you. Drama school dropout. Don't you hold course, now try something new. Drama school dropout. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Hello, are you okay? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, oh, good. It's, do you know what? It's surprisingly nice weather this morning, and I'm not a morning person. I've sort of got up. 10 a.m. Like, on a Monday, I was like, wow, this is this is new. Oh, uh, there was one <laughs> last year. I won't say who it was, but I'm very like, as you know, I'm sort of just like, well, it was before I started back at uni. So I was literally like, anytime you want to do, we're in a pandemic. I'll do like if you can come on <laughs> and one person hit back with me, could we could we do 7:30 on Monday morning, please? And I went, I know I'm sort of like very, very flexible, but I want to sleep. Thank you very much. Yeah. Who I wants to it. see 7.30 on a Monday? I will just say they looked, see, for the time of day that it was, they looked absolutely fabulous. Oh, no. Do you know when you just kind of hate people for that stuff? I'm not going to lie to you. I've got my pyjama bottoms on and I'm I've sat in bed. Sh- I've got shorts on and <laughs> I've got nothing on under this hoodie. That's what I've done. I wore this top last night. It was at the bottom of my bed. So I've just put that on and I've kept my pajamas on and I'm sat in my bed. Yeah, I'm like, my bed's right there. I got, I put my alarm on for nine and then I was like, it went off at nine. I went, no, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> not yet. Um, so I got up at half nine and just parted about and then it was time to go. But yeah, I'm not a morning person, like in general. I used to be. And I'm really upset that I'm no longer a morning person. Oh, no, they make me feel sick. But I used to be so smug about it. I think because of work, I had to be. Yeah. And I think now because I'm not working as much, I'm like, why would you get up when (laughs) you don't have to? (laughs) Like, see, honestly, going into, and I think it's just a drama school thing, having to get up on like, because I've got to get up at like seven to get for nine, all that jazz, you know, lovely commute. And then you get there and they're like, right, bear your soul to the world at half nine in the morning. Just sort of like, nah, I'm all right for that, thanks. <laughs> and then we done our we done our industry showcase like a couple of weeks ago. And we had to do basically we had to do an extra run because they were doing photos, like they were taking photos of it all. They had us starting at nine o'clock. Uh-oh. And I was doing a scene from The Pride, and it's all about this guy sort of admitting to doing things with make-believe Nazis like sexy things brilliant and it's quite upbeat and I'm sort of just in in the middle of um like half nine in the morning in the middle of a stage it's just horrible and I'm like how do people do madness yeah yes well we when we did panto this year we had 10 a.m shows for like school kids so and I was a mermaid so like the amount of makeup and hair and outfit it I was in the theater for half eight for a 10am show with a load of screaming kids. And I was just like, wow. 
does that not just make you want to become an accountant i'm not clever enough to be an accountant i think about jobs that i can do and i'm not (laughs) yeah i can't do maths either but (sighs) yeah like the thought of early morning shows and then there's one other show that i remember that makes me not want to be an actor so when we were in college we had to go and see this pantomime right and it's in i went to college in the asshole of Glasgow, right? One of the roughest <laughs> areas in the in the city. We would walk outside and find teeth on the floor. That's how rough it is. And teeth. I remember, teeth. <laughs> like rough. like human teeth. Human teeth. And then in our last year, we all got warned because there was um a kidnapping group going around. So we were not allowed to walk anywhere oh, alone. Terrific. We had to be in yeah, lovely place. Um, but we had a theater adjoined to our college. <laughs> And we, we got forced one day to go and see this um, play. It was a panto, actually, and it was Rapunzel. But it was, like, a terrible, you know, how, like, people try and make a panto related to their local area. Right. And it's just, it doesn't work. And this guy just come out on stage yeah. and bless them. They all, obviously, I think it was, they were all really young, right? So leads me to believe it was, like, their first job. And it was, um, what's the Destiny's Child song? Where it's like, can you handle this? I don't think you can handle the yeah. and come out and he's singing that. <laughs> and he's like, Glasgow, can you handle this? And then he just looks at us all and goes, Easter House, can you handle this? And we're all just sat here, 10 o'clock oh, in the no. morning, like, nah. And then the fire alarm went off. Oh, brilliant. Great. Someone probably set it off. Smash that, get me out of here. I cannot compare modern eye. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, if you had a tough crowd, especially at 10 a.m., chances are though, with, primary school kids they like loved it mm. so as soon oh, yeah, as you hear them we all like, screaming you're like oh okay yeah we're like 18 19 year old watching Rapunzel like this still hung over from the weekend <laughs> yeah definitely um what I like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast to begin with is how do you get in how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role and it doesn't have to be a professional one we'd love a good nativity story <laughs> um i got into acting purely um literally by fluke so my cousin was went to like dance classes not like big dance classes just like local dance classes yeah. and i moved from down south up north and i was like i want to make more friends so i went to these dance classes with her and then all the cool kids were like going on to do another class after dance and I wanted to be a cool kid. So that's how I just ended up doing drama. Basically. Like, into a career. Let me spend all your money on drama and dance classes. Um, so then I ended up at a drama class as well. And I kind of got scouted from there. So the, the woman that took the classes, I also had an agency, contacted my mum, was like, we'd love to put jazz on the books. And it kind of just kicked off from there. My first ever gig was actually really professional. And I'll probably never step on this stage again. Um, but it was at the library theatre in Medea, oh, and I played. Um, I played a, like a little, just a, one of the kids. I can't even remember the. Like, how bad is this? I don't remember them. Is it Jason? Jason? I've no clue. I've no right, clue. So, Talk to me about Shakespeare, and I, I might be able to answer you. But no. Well, he had two two kids, and we literally sat on the front of the stage playing playing cards and chess and like and then he killed us at the end of it so yeah he topped himself and killed us nothing like a good bit of trauma to start off your career but that was like proper theater like in the Mm. library theater and then I just kind of started to develop this really mank accent and never again will they touch me there (laughs) (laughs) yeah no classical theater for you um 
No. <laughs> because I actually, and this is really funny and, well, to me it's funny, it's probably not funny to anyone else. <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of Shameless, the TV show. Like, it's, it's my favourite TV show ever. I've literally, just last night, finished a rewatch. And I was sort of doing my research a couple of nights ago about you and, or as I like to call it, legal stalking. And <laughs> I, I'd realised that you'd been in Shameless. And I was like, no, she no, she wasn't. No, she wasn't. So I'm like looking and I'm, I, I go on, I find your CV online. And I'm like, yeah, I don't recognise that character's name. But is she lying about this? Like, just because you might be able to get away with it. But then I found like a, a screenshot and I was like, fuck, she looks so different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, just like, I did. I know everything about Shameless, really. And it's sort of like people are sick of me talking about it now. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it was good. That was probably one of my most favorite jobs. It was it was only brief, like a couple of days mm. filming, but yeah, it was top. It was a great, great cast. And I mean, just something to nice to have your name there. Yeah. Involved. It, in. It's one of um, my things like do you know when people say well it's me that asks the question normally what tv show would you love to be part of that's now finished mine's always yes. friend, friends for the money because they still get like 20 million <laughs> 20 million a year but then if it wasn't that it would be two pints lager and a packet of crisps or shameless and then yeah who oh, knows gosh, because I don't even know what I would pick. susan nixon was on the podcast last year and said two pints may be coming back so got the exclusive on that one what oh have you missed all of this that's nice Right, right. It took me by surprise because I this was right back at like see last year where I didn't really know what the fuck I was doing, so I just got Susan Nixon on the podcast and was like, "Hey, can I um if if two pints ever comes back, uh, what I said was actually two questions, uh, is it coming back? Because Will Meller had sparked shit tons of rumors over the pandemic, and then I was like, and can I be in it? And she said yes and yes, and I just you know when you don't think anything of it because who's offering somebody a part on a podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just sort of like, it's cool that she said I could be in it if nothing comes of it. When the episode comes out, it's in every newspaper. Every oh, really? two pints of lager and a packet of crisps is coming back. And I'm just sort of like, did I get, should I have done something with that information? <laughs> like, should I have tried to get money for that? Yeah, I was going to say, could I have not have sold this before <laughs> yeah. the episode? Uh... But that was me like back doing like oh. nothing. Like I was like, oh, I'm just having fun putting a podcast out. And then all of a sudden you're quitting your job because you're now going to be in two pints. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I don't have a job. I'm a student, so we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> I did that with a Waterloo Road comeback. Oh, uh, are, are you are you in Waterloo Road? The comeback? I did it with the uh, with the Waterloo Road comeback. No, no. All oh, right. But like when they announced, I, I, I self taped for it. I had a couple of self tapes for it. But basically, like, was like, right, this is me. Don't quit my job. I'm out of it. Right? <laughs> yeah. <And> then nothing. Because <laughs> we're going to talk oh. about Hollyoaks in a minute, like, later on. But that's actually, like, a good question. Like, see, when it was coming up to you, like, leaving Hollyoaks and everything sort of... You've never got a stable job in air quotes in acting because everything can be different. So, see, when you go... You were on Hollyoaks for, I think... 2012 to 2018 what's that eight six years. years is it eight years yeah it, it, eight years I, I was there but it is it scary then when you're leaving to be like ah, I'm not getting this money anymore fuck yes like petrifying I think luckily I was a bit of a saver so I I'd, mm. I'd saved quite a lot and so I was quite stable for a good couple of years after leaving 
to not mm. work. But yeah, you you do have that that panic of right. Well, what what do I do now? Do you think that's why a lot of people stay there for decades? One thousand percent. And I I think I may have stayed a bit too long in hindsight. I think I think you're either short, sharp, in and out, do your bit, get off, or you're there for the duration. Mm. I think it because I now feel like I am quite typecast. Well, that's why I like to blame me not getting jobs. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> mm. but um, yeah, I do think you can you can maybe outstay mm. there. It it was a top top job. I loved every, I love the people. Like I miss the crew like mad. Yeah. That's, I've had a few people on from Hollyoaks and that's always been the sort of, everyone's like, everybody's just lovely. The crew, everyone's yeah, well, so lovely to work with. It's just a, a big, massive bunch of scousers. Yeah. And just wicked, like the laughs that you have, just such a good vibe, like mm. pubs after work, like no one, it, like they're just scousers. No one's up their own ass. Everyone's dead chilled, dead Ed calm, you can have a laugh, get the job done, see you in the pub. Nice. Um, Top. I, Loved it. Because I was thinking about this the other night, like, it, it's funny that you just say you think you sort of outstayed your welcome there. Because a lot of people, like, Parry Glasspool was on the podcast and he was just like, it just come to a point and I knew my time had come up. And I'm like, how do you know this? Because I know I'm a greedy little cunt and would be like, yeah, I'll sign a 10-year contract. <laughs> but yeah, it's always just a bit weird it's, for me I where think... I'm like, how how do you know your time's up? I do think you do you do. I I had a very strange meeting. So mine came about because we had the scripts for Frankie dying. Mm. Um, so I knew Helen was leaving, and Helen was really my only blood relative left in Hollyoaks. So everybody else is dead. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh shit, where do I stand now? Um. So I had a meeting with Brian, who was the producer then. And, and I was like, I don't, like, where do I fit now? Like, what's with me? And, and it was him that turned around and said, like, we don't really know. Like, we don't want to lose you, but we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. And, like, I kind of got this, like, ballsy attitude. Don't know where it came from. Slightly regret it now. And was like, <laughs> well, like, shall I just leave as well then? Like, do you mm. think if you've got nothing for me, like, would it not be best for me to, to like, this can be my out? Frankie dying and he was like well it, it can be he said we can make sure it's like left open for you and that's what it did and all of a sudden I was leaving and you kind of go oh shit right um six <laughs> yeah. months left brilliant what do I do now um and she they did leave it open for me a lot of people talk about characters storylines being left open and leaving in that but is it a case of you can just phone production and go hey remember that door was left open can I come back or is it sort of like yeah it's left open but we'll phone you don't phone us yeah 100% so like Brian's not there now it's a totally new producer someone I've never met before so I'm like oh that well that door that was left open is now physically shut because yeah. there's no one there for me to be like ah yeah <laughs> so it is what it is and it's like i probably it's a tough one like i, oh, I do watch i do dip in now and a... again just to <laughs> confirm no, or just deny to, like, you're returning in... yeah <laughs> no no i'm not returning i'm not there is nothing in there but <laughs> is, i do kind of dip is. in now and again and watch it and i'm like oh <laughs> she's on the um, set right now oh. <laughs> esther would be like like the whole Nancy and Darren situation I did kind of dip in and go oh Esther would be the one sorting everything out 
like calming everyone down, dealing with all the issues. But she's not there. She's in Spain running the bar, which I can't yeah. imagine is going very well. <laughs> I, I, I can't lie. Um, and I probably shouldn't say this on a podcast because I'd probably want a job off them soon. Uh, <laughs> I, I have not watched it in years, like if we're being completely honest. Like I started, yeah, I it's... dipped out. See when Breeder just started killing people for the crack. Oh, I don't know who Breeder is. Who's Breeder? Oh, another McQueen. Oh, right. <laughs> but See, she, I, I, yeah. She killed like uh, Parry Glasspool's character. She she killed like it was I feel like, like I should know this then. She had a thing about um bad dads. She wanted to kill people who were dads that were shit parents. Right. But also I was like, I was just a fan of some certain like actors, and obviously like it's it's like their time to leave and stuff, or they've chose to leave. But I'm like, well, now it's sort of because also, and I'll say it and you don't have to while I'm sort of saying negative sort of things, you don't have to con- like no, agree with no, me or no, anything no. no i just don't want to put you in that position <laughs> hollyoaks have this random habit of being like okay we're going to do a serial killer storyline and take out half the cast and cool then we're going to just cool. bring loads of new people in every year they do a stunt and it's always around the birthday mm. and i'm not going to lie to you for about three months before majority of the cast are shitting themselves because they're like there's definitely going to be three killed Maybe five to six. Mm. Who do you reckon's going? Like, and we're all looking around, and you'll get that one person in the green room that's like, "Well, I've just signed twelve months, so I'm fine. <laughs> I've just signed twelve months, so I'm fine." And you're like sat there going, "Shit, I've not signed. When's yeah. my contract?" <laughs> you're like panicking. Because <laughs> genuinely, like, I just remember that the gloved hand killer thing that you were a part of. Oh, that I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, she's took out half the main players of the cast here. <laughs> yep. We're just with her and then blue gloves. Yeah, d- genuinely. I'm, I, some of the storylines I loved, like, don't get me wrong, but some of them were a bit shit. But I also grew up on good Hollyoaks when it was like Warren and what's her name, Louise. And, like, Everyone says it was like, this. Everyone's like... Iconic Hollyoaks. Yeah, Myra. Yeah. Michaela. Yes. John Paul. Yes, 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 yes. The Valentines. Yeah. I think it was the top... Your top Sunday hangover telly. Yeah. Two and a half hours of Hollyoaks whilst you just mm. lay in bed, like, wicked. Yeah, it used to be. Well, I can't, not hungover, because when I, I was, like, 10, maybe when this was all happening. <laughs> yeah. But it used Showing to be, my age like, <laughs> you would turn E4 on on a weekend because you're off school, and it would be, like, a couple of hours of friends, then Hollyoaks, and then you'd get some McDee's, then you'd get Wife Swap. And just, like, the, the trauma wife of watching <laughs> Wife Swap in my head as a 10-year-old. Um, I mean, brilliant. I, I hadn't really planned on talking about Hollyoaks at this point, but you just said something and it sort of sparked a question in my head. But I guess we'll we'll run with it. What was your favourite behind the scenes moment? Oh, do you know what? I had my twenty first birthday there. Yeah, and I'm the kind of person that will book their birthdays off work because, mm. like, why would you want to work on a birthday? <laughs> yes. I, I'm directing a show this year <laughs> in April, and I, I, I've booked an eight-hour rehearsal on my birthday, so... Yeah, oh, I hate oh myself. gosh. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I didn't... With Hollyoaks, I was like, no, I'll go in. And I'm not going to lie to you, the fuss that was made over me on my 21st was mental. Like, 
flowers, balloons, cake, like not just the cast. Like I went onto set and the crew had like dressed up an area with all happy birthday banners and got me a cake for the set and presents and just made an absolute fuss of me. I went into production that afternoon to get my scenes for the next day and party poppers went off and I was like, oh, this is top. Like what a bunch of people. And never taking a birthday off again. No, I mean, I think they only did it because it was my 21st because yeah. I spent my 22nd in there and no one gave a shit. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that I just loved it. I adored it. it, was, it honestly, they were a top bunch of people. I can't, I don't know if it's the same now. I don't know what the cast or the crew's like, like now because it is It is a totally, I mean, I, I yeah. did, I, I put it on the other night and I, I didn't really recognise it. It is a bit mental, isn't it? The way they just... Just change. Yeah, see you later. See you later. See, like you just said there, I never knew it was like that. So you would go in and get your scenes for the next day. How the fuck do you sleep if you've got to learn lines? See, this that is they always say once you've done Hollyoaks, you can do any job in the world, any acting job in the world. So we'd get our scripts, yeah, like um, six weeks before filming. Mm. But so you'd read them on that day that you've got them, and then you put them somewhere. (laughs) wherever you put your scripts yeah. until then they, the scenes start to come up on the board. So they had, I believe it's all digital now, but when I was there, they just had a board as the length of the production room and they'd slot the scenes in that you were doing each day. So then you'd go up and kind of jot down what scenes you were doing. You'd do your very best to learn them. Um, but chances are someone would call in sick or someone would be pissed or like, so the <laughs> scenes, the day would just go out the window, yeah. <laughs> out the window, and you'd have to, like, there'd be days where if you're running ahead, like, on that one random day that you're running ahead, they'd be like, oh, look, we're looking to finish at five o'clock. No, you're not. There's a scene to add on to the end of the day, so you're quickly trying to learn the script for that for that evening. See, that stresses um, me out, because I can learn lines fast. Like, I've literally known myself to get a my train commute is 25 minutes i got on the train one day not knowing a shakespeare monologue and got off of the train knowing a shakespeare monologue well you'll be fine at hollyoaks then it's just like how can you expect it to sort of be like in my head anything that i've ever done where i've learnt lines very quickly and not had a lot of time with it hasn't been great because you don't really know the lines you sort of are just you're still in that headspace of thinking like oh yeah right the dagger bit next so I don't know I'm just like how do they expect it to be of a high quality or is that just a well it's your job kind of thing I think with soap you know your character inside out I think I knew like sometimes I'd get a script and I'd be like I still wouldn't say that and I'd just change the line and it's kind of like you just know you Mm. just know I think if you've got a big scene coming up where like it's a two-handed dead dramatic and you know that that's on Wednesday on Monday, I'd start, right, prepping that scene for Wednesday. Yeah. If I'm in a scene where it's all the Osbournes and we're all sat around a dinner table and I've got one line, you kind of just know when to throw it. It, it just kind of comes... It's yeah. weird. Once you've done it for so long with the same character, and that's what I mean, like, if I got a part on a drama, chances are I'd get the script, I'd learn my character, I'd learn my lines, blah, 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 and you know what you're filming. That's mm. why everyone, like like I said before, you've said once you've done Hollyoaks, you can cut any other job is is a dream like 
is a doddle because do you just keep saying that because you're hoping somebody's listening to this and will offer you a job i hope so bloody need <laughs> yeah it. me too also um, so well please. do you know what there we are, there we are. <laughs> right so we could play like leading man and leading lady let's uh anybody listening to this i'm looking at us now on the screen you can't see us <laughs> we would look fabulous together and um i'm i'm we not even graduated yet so I'll work for relatively cheap. I, I don't know what Jasmine's fee is, but <laughs> I, I'll work for relatively cheap. Um, so you were part of some major storylines on the show. You um, were Grace Black's surrogate. You were part of Hollyoaks' partnership with Company Magazine to be an internship. Uh, then you sort of went off and yes. did loads of different things. But what was it like going and filming in, I don't know how the Welsh people are going to hate me, uh, filming in Abbasock. I'm going to go for it. That's how I'm pronouncing oh, it. Oh, my God. So that was probably one of, I mean, you basically just put a load of 21, 22-year-olds in a little villa in Abbasock and told us all to film together. We had, and bear in mind, we were probably all best friends at this point as well, that group. We had so much fun, like the best time ever the sun so we were filming in Abbasock whilst the McQueens were filming in Ibiza mm. it pissed it down in Ibiza and we had bright sunshine so we were buzzing because so when the typical. scripts came out when the scripts came out we were like oh yeah Jen Metcalf gets to go to Ibiza whilst we go to Wales great work <laughs> <Yeah>. like fuming <laughs> fuming and we had bright sunshine hot tub on the on the uh, decking at this little villa and they had Ibiza pissing it down and we honestly we had such a good time like I can't even tell it didn't feel like work the crew we had were mega like we literally got the the, the gems of the crew mm. so it was just such a laugh and my main storyline with um with Abbasock was meeting Tilly who was played by Lucy about um them like sparking up a relationship. So if I'm honest, apart from like three big scenes between me and her, the rest of my stuff was like I said, one line here, one line there. I didn't have to think about it. I literally, I got shouted at by makeup because I had a day off. So obviously on my day off, I'm on the beach mm. like this. You've got a tan. Jasmine, where is this tan come from? Absolutely fuming with me Continuity. when I went to film the next day. I was like, I'm really sorry, but when do I get sun like this? So yeah. they were absolutely livid. Um, putting factor 50 on me all the time I was on set. But yeah, so I honestly, that week, we were there for a full week. We had the villa where we were filming, but we all stayed in this B&B and I somehow managed to blag myself this top room in there. It was just... Main part, main room. Literally, I was like, I think it's because I had the most downtime. So they were like, she probably needs the biggest room because she's just going to be chilling in here. So <laughs> we we mentioned that you were part of the gloved hand killer storyline, but you would, I'd probably say your shining moment on Hollyoaks was being part of the biggest storyline of 2012, which was the bullying storyline, and yeah. that was that was proper amazing. Like, oh, thank you. Do you know when you sort of look? And I think about, like, when I sort of think of, because I love issue-based storylines, because I think, like you said, we get to do really fun shit. Like, it's not it's, it's not your typical nine-to-five, and it's not yeah. the most difficult. Don't get me wrong, it is difficult sometimes. But I think 
my thing with issue-based storylines is it's quite nice to sort of be able to give something back for all the fun that you sort of receive. So I don't know, when I think of sort of major things like that, and I, I did a whole presentation on this for uni, I, I think of the bullying storyline from Hollyoaks, at least the bullying storyline, John Paul coming out, and then the most recent one, the self-harm one. That's what I sort of think about those three. So what was it, see at the time, was it such a, a groundbreaking, were you realising I'm part of Hollyoaks history right now? Not then, not at all. I think you get given a storyline and I did realise it was quite big when I was booking meetings with like the researchers and I went into a couple of schools in Liverpool and did workshops with a bullying charity um, with them and and was doing more stuff away from the acting, yeah. if that makes sense. So um, I was taking, um, we, we worked with um, Samaritans and I ended up having a conversation with a couple of young girls who had attempted suicide. Um, we brought them into Hollyoaks and they had like a little set tour and stuff like that. And then I sat down with them and basically they were like, you can ask me whatever you want. And I was like, I, I, don't, I don't want to ask you anything. Yeah. Like, like, I do not want to bring this back up with you. And they were like, no, no, we're like totally fine with it now. We've put that kind of stuff to bed. So I had this in-depth conversation with these girls who had all been bullied at school and, and had attempted suicide. One at school attempted suicide, which blew my mind. And I think I did struggle slightly because I've never been like, I've been so lucky that and and was never in a position where I've ever felt like I've been bullied. Like you have the bitchy comments at school mm. and a bit of nastiness and that kind of stuff. But you put it down to being kids and growing up and I was never I was never bullied. So you're talking about the sort of pre-production research of talking to people. What was that then? How did that change after it all aired? Because I imagine that instead of just having an in-depth conversation with two people, you were getting hundreds upon hundreds of letters having in-depth conversations with everyone so it was at the time of we'd only just started instagram accounts mm. um we had twitter and instagram was just becoming a thing which makes me sound really old remember them um, days when there was no influencers have you seen molly mays writing a book at 22 but um <laughs> this <laughs> This was literally like we had Twitter and Instagram was just becoming a thing. And I remember having, we went and had, I had media training. Mm. Um, I don't even know if they do this now, but I, I had media training at the time because they were like, you're going to be asked some some pretty tough questions if you go on to like a red carpet and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, cool. And I didn't realise the amount of people that would message me. It did actually become quite overwhelming to me mm. because then I then had so many people in my inbox and direct messages basically telling me they wanted to to kill themselves and what should they do and that I started replying to people but you can't do and it at some, at some point I, I remember the, one of the publicity girls she was like Jazz you like you can't take on all this like no she went, we can put out a post and like do all the, the numbers that they can call. And she went, I mean, you can have a generic message if you feel like you have to reply to them with the numbers that they can call. Yeah. And just don't make it personal. Just keep it as mm. here's what you need to be doing. Because um, I, was, I was overwhelmed by it. And sometimes you'd open messages and like, 
wow, no, I feel like I've got to save this person. Like yeah. I've got to be the one to, it just, it did, it did become a lot, especially because I couldn't understand. I didn't understand because I hadn't, I, yeah, Esther had been there. Esther had experienced it. And if I'm perfectly honest with you, some of the scenes that we did film, I remember filming one scene with Steph Davis and Anna Schaffer and they, we were in the Hollyoaks High School yard and I'd got myself really worked up beforehand. And I said to them, I was like, please don't talk to me through lunch. And they were like, right. I said, I, I want to feel isolated. And they were like, okay. Uh, taking the piss out of me being like, oh, she's taking it dead serious. Look at her. She's, oh, she's <laughs> but I just, it was one scene that I really wanted to do. I think because they're my best, they were my best friends at Hollyoaks. For them to then be like, calling me a cow and a bitch and being horrible to me. It wasn't really affecting me because I was like, yeah, but I'll see you in the pub soon. Do you get what I mean? So I wanted to feel isolated. I got very confused a second there because I was like, why was Sienna in school? Because you said Anna Schaffer. And I remember that's Anna Passy, not Anna Schaffer. Anna Passy, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was just uh... a bit in my head. I was like, I don't remember this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah then I, no. then I figured out so, who you were talking about and they had a, they did a scene where they were just like I think one of them though I was eating an apple so I'm sat in the uh Hollyoaks and I'm sat on my own eating an apple and Sinead came and whacked the apple out of my hand and then they were just being really horrible and I remember her doing that and it wasn't scripted that she do she was to do that mm. and she did it and it startled me that much I started crying and I didn't stop crying. But I mean, we got the scene, but then after the scene, I'm still crying. And they were like, wow, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, no, it just really got to me. And I think that was the one time I went, fuck, this happens to people. Like that shit happens to people. Yeah, and I was like, how, how do people like, that was then that pivotal moment where I was like, oh, wow, no, like, this is, this is real. This shit happens. Like people are this nasty. And then um, like, cause you're saying Instagram was just coming up like, it's dead weird now because like my best mate lives across the road and I see him every day and his kids are not his kids, his niece and nephew. Fuck. Sorry, Brogan. Uh, You don't have kids. (laughs) Um, His niece and nephew, his nephew's in like his second year of primary school. Kids got an iPhone 13. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, my partner has a little girl um, and she's 10 and like you see them scrolling on TikTok and all stuff. And I'm like, wow, I literally, like my PlayStation one, I was playing Ratchet and Clank. I remember I didn't get a proper phone that could like do shit other than fun. My mom and dad. Yeah. Until Nokia, I was like, in like Nokia. Year eight. Mm. That, I got a BlackBerry Curve because that was yeah. like what everyone had, and that was yeah. that was the beginning. Like, of it. Why so, on like, earth did we need Blackberries? Like we were office workers. Oh, because it was BBM, wasn't it? It was. I think it was also just around the time of pay five or a month and you can talk as much as you want to all of your friends and won't ask me for money yeah, yeah. go for it yeah yeah i had i even yeah. had the flip up one that was like touch oh check you out um yeah no i i, I miss a blackberry but wouldn't go back i wouldn't leave an iphone now i feel like my iphone could blow up in my hand and blind me and i still wouldn't buy an android i'm so deep into apple oh, it's gross they like, own everything me. is apple they own yeah me. i've got like yeah i've got a macbook an iMac yeah. phone no it's not yeah. fun and then you've got to buy something I nope. had to go and take my laptop in the other day and they were like yeah one of the buttons is broke that'll be 250 please like 250 quid and I was like fuck uh, it's gross um, last Hollyoaks question I want to ask you and then I want to rewind back in time a little bit did you steal anything from the set 
Um, when, so I don't know if you remember, I can't remember the name of the shop. Um, it was, I can't even remember the name of the family. Um, oh, Danny Mac and James Atherton. They're oh, characters. the Emporium. Dodger. The Emporium. Oh my God, you're good. You are good. I don't know how I remembered that. But that you was like good. the time that I was watching Hollyoaks religiously. Well, the Emporium had so much cool shit in it. Like so much cool shit. Mm. And there, yeah, there was times when you're like, oh, if I just took this, no one would even notice. We did, oh no, I don't, in case someone listens to it, I'll get in so much trouble. Oh, I, I don't think anyone high up oh, from Hollyoaks is listening. It's really naughty though. So one day we wanted, oh, it's bad. It's really bad. It's so naughty. Well, if, if you want to, oh. if you want to say it, and then this episode, I'm like <laughs> slightly recording in advance. You've got a couple of weeks. If you want to just email me or I'll take, or I'll email you my phone number, you can be like, hey, take this out. Well, we decided to put a hot water bottle in the back of shop and see if it would make it onto telly, and it did. Well, I mean, how are you going to get into trouble for that? Because it's done. Do you know it's what I mean? It's so naughty. It's really bad, though. That's someone's job. Like, And the worst thing is the props guys with the fucking gems, and we absolutely did them up, but we was like, let's see if anyone notices. Just leave that hot but, water bottle there. It was where on, was on it? On the skate park. Oh, it was on the skate park. It was on the skate park. And we were obviously outside freezing, and I just put the hot water bottle on top of the skate park ramp thing. And then we did, we didn't intentionally do it. We did the scene and then I went, Anna, Anna, look. And the hot water bottle was there and she was like, no. I was like, I know. I was like, it's just gonna have to go now. I'm just gonna have to stick with it. I- I'm pretty <laughs> I sure. Fil- I ain't filming it again, it's freezing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll be all right. <laughs> um, um, so I- but that, years ago that. Yeah, I, I don't think you'll get in any trouble. Um, <laughs> If not, just tell them I coerced you um, into telling me the story. <laughs> so I, I want to go back in time slightly um, because when I was doing my research, I sort of, I, this could be completely bullshit because I get it wrong sometimes. Um, you didn't go to a, in quotes, traditional drama school. Um, you, yeah. But you did go to a couple of institutions and they were called Act Up North and Act for TV. Um, I am, yes. I'm still there. Oh, you're still there. What was, well then, what is the biggest learn that you've, learn lesson that you the biggest learn you've learned biggest lesson you've learned <laughs> while you've been in training um I'd say with definitely with my act up north classes I have learned more I think because I started playing Esther at 18 so when you're doing it every day it just mm. kind of comes natural but now if I was to be given a character I think be after be going to act up north classes, I now would think more into like the background, even with an, an audition. So now, like if I get a self tape, I sit with the script properly. I don't just learn the lines and deliver it. I really do think I sit back and go, right, what was the scene before this? What's my objective in this scene? Yeah. It, what's the truth? I've started doing this thing where I'll give myself an internal monologue before I do the scene. So I'm putting myself in the mind frame of the character before. God, this is so arty farty. It's so not me. Oh, she's a proper actor. But do you get what I mean? I never used to do that. I think I think because I, I played Esther for so long, I didn't need to do that. Yeah. But I think now looking into it, I'm like, now nah, you've got to take this. It is oversaturated, this industry now. When I started, it was a very niche thing to want to be an actor. And like I saw the same people at the same auditions. And I remember it was Sasha Parkinson. She was always at all my auditions. And then she got Corrie and I was like, finally, I've got a fucking chance. <laughs> um, so she got bagged up and I was like, I'm in. 
um, you do see the same people now. There's so many different people from different walks of life and especially with self-tapes like they're seeing everyone from all over the country whereas normally if it was Manchester like filming they'd just cast Manchester people now no don't have anyone and they really will have anyone (laughs) Um, (laughs) the brothers (laughs) stop (laughs) but you do um you do, I've, I've realised, like, no, I've got to work for this. I was very lucky with Hollyoaks. I think I was right face, right time. I think I walked in and at the time I looked a little like Harley Stenson and they were like, bang. Like, it was literally, I think, because I looked like Harley that they, they booked me. Um, thank you, though. Loved that. Um, <laughs> Do anything for a job. But mate. I genuinely think I was, it was pure luck. Mm. Yeah. Now I'm like, shit, no, there's people here that graph their tits off for job. What, what, why do you think you can just go and do it? That was my new sort of... I remember when I went back to uni and I was like, because this sort of... Uh, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it. When I was at college, I was sort of the best and was told I was the best and sort of had a bit of smoke blown up my ass. Yeah. And I was just sort of like, well, I, I don't need to do anything. I'm just an actor. It's just natural talent, God-given. But then I went to uni this year and I was sort of like, do you know what? Even if you are the best, like it's still that, like I remember people just telling me and I I realised it through directing as well. It's more about like, I've learned to be a bit more humble this year. Let's just say that. Oh my God. I went, I left Hollyoaks and was like, I'm going to be snapped up. They were like, I start doing a showreel. Don't need a showreel, I'll be fine. They know who I am. Of course I need a fucking showreel. (laughs) Like, honestly, like, I genuinely thought casting directors that used to see me as a kid would be like, oh, buzzing, she's out of work, let's get her in. No, you've just done eight years on a soap. There have been so many more people coming through since you. Yeah. Like, it, it's such, it's so difficult now. You can now become an official drama school dropout. We're now on Patreon and you can help this podcast grow on so many levels. As an official Drama School Dropout, you'll have access to unique benefits, including exclusive early access to episodes before anyone else. To become an official Drama School Dropout, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash drama school dropout. This episode of Drama School Dropout is brought to you by High Productions' newest stage play, This Is Where We Get Off. This Is Where We Get Off follows the Moffat family through some of the most difficult days of their lives. Yvonne is seven months pregnant, her husband Philip is constantly disappearing and leaving dodgy phone bills behind, their 18-year-old son Lip is debating joining the army and trying to navigate his love life, and their dog-breeding, sex-toy-selling neighbour Rhonda is still doing her weekly shop in their kitchen. How will they cope with the unexpected arrival of an estranged family member? You can catch This Is Where We Get Off in Glasgow at the Webster's Theatre on the 21st of April, with more dates to be announced. Get your tickets now at www.highproductions.co.uk. We're going to play a game, and it's one of my favorites oh, okay. in the absolute world. Um, these fuel my life and okay. have made performances about them. It's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. And essentially, it's three different stories, two of the truth, the whole truth, and nothing about the truth, and they've been submitted by the listeners. And one has been made up by our producer, Heather. And I have the answer in a sealed envelope so I can play along together with you. 
And so we just have to find out which one is stage shite, so meaning the lie. Right, okay. Some of these are the best things in the world. Okay. Number one. In my last year of drama school, me and my boyfriend were preparing for our final show. However, on opening night, I caught him, in air quotes, relieving himself in the wings. He confessed to me there and then that he was a danger wanker. It's safe to say that he wasn't my boyfriend for very much longer after that. Number two, I'm a shy and reserved person, but like to keep my personal life exactly that. But my long-term boyfriend contacted my lecturers and they agreed to let him propose to me on stage after my final ever drama school show. My classmates definitely let me know that they felt I had stolen the limelight, even though I probably hated the experience more than them. And number three, at the end of drama school, I was proper skin and my friend had a car crash and we decided to say that I was in the car so I could claim some compensation. But after my showcase, I had booked a role on a world tour and I was hobbling around on crutches at the insurance agency's office and who should I bump into? The tour's casting director. I couldn't admit that I was trying to commit fraud, so I had to forfeit the role. Wow. Oh my God. What stresses me out is two of them are true. Two of them are true, honestly. I mean, I'm hoping and praying, number one, is stage shite, because... Yeah, one, I really hope so. Let's not be wanking in public. Yeah, <laughs> could you imagine? Like, that's... It's not It's not okay. Mm, but, but then, then I'm also, also like... Be like, you're not proposing to me on Number stage. three. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a feeling that stage... That number two is stage Please. right. Yeah, definitely. I don't think that's a lie because I know how, exactly how I would feel that if at the end of my show, uh, like our showcase, somebody come you on decide and got to come on stage, I'd be like, you set of bastards. Yeah. I'd be like, furious. You have just made all of this about you. I would be furious. Yeah. But I'm also yes. the kind of person that would do it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I would die if it happened to me. I'd be like, oh. get up. No. This is not happening. Also, fuck the um, lecturers I've got a for feeling even that's agreeing true. to that. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I mean, what? after what you've told me about your lecturers, I'm just like, I think. Oh no, my goes. new lecturers are so lovely, so lovely. Oh, like, and it, it's. I know we're playing a game, but it's the reason that now, when anyone asks, because I get a lot of people ask advice on going to drama school because I fucked it up the first time, so people are like, "Let's find out what not to do." I always say the most important thing is not picking, is not just filling places on your UCAS form for the sake of picking places. Yeah. You actually have to do the research, go to the place that you're going to go to and make sure it's a right fit. Like the first uni I went yeah. to, I'd never stepped foot in before my first day, never read a single thing about it. Just thought, yeah, it's, it's a good acting course in yeah. Scotland. I'll go to that. Whereas now I don't go to a uni. Actually, I go to a college. It's 10 times better. They got us on Spotlight within two weeks. The fucking budgets for the shit are fucking banging. All the yeah. lecturers are lovely. And I think it's all because they're all working actors as well. They've all got agents. Nice. And I think they yeah. know sort they, of what they, we're so going through. They understand. Through, instead of being academic yeah, yeah, yeah. old cunts. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. Bitter. Stage right Probably or stage right. I think I'm going to go for number one purely because I don't want it to be true. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this i'm not gonna lie to you i mean number three i'm devastated for them yeah I'm devastated for them but also don't commit fraud and maybe then you don't yeah. have to forfeit well to us they do say karma is yeah. a bitch karma is a bit of a bastard isn't it mm. and i feel like karma um, maybe yeah, swung around and got them number there. number one stay oh, I'm, shy. A, I'm a bit please, nervous and i'm a bit please, nervous lord please lord if it's real i'm dead number two what the fuck what, what the fuck what 
So somebody didn't get engaged to, but then the two worst ones that were true. I'm what? sorry, I just went into like high pitched. No. Like, only dogs can hear me now, but I'm so shocked. No, no, what? No, like, I have to do. So who's this having danger wanks at say, the side of a stage? I just have to say, right, and I never normally do this. As long as Jasmine's cool with it, I'm going to take a screenshot of the video of us right now, and on the day that this comes out, <laughs> I'll put it on my Instagram story, just so you can see. What a state of shock we're currently in, right? What the fuck? I'm mortified. I'm really upset. I'm upset by the person um, oh. and also needs to seek help with these danger wanks that I'm sure there's therapists yeah. and people that you can go to to have conversations with about that. Because I tell you what, if I saw someone wanking at the side of the stage, it would be in a vice. It would be chopped off. I'd be like, nah, not on my watch, pal. How not on that? my watch, pal. You could get done for that shit. You'd be getting done for it. If Imagine... You've just booked your big job. You're on the West End. And then well, it was, it this was, guy it was is having a wank school. in the... So I don't know how far in, in a career he would have went, but... But this isn't still. what if he does. What if this person's walking the streets, currently playing the Phantom? No. <laughs> don't put that no. on an actor that's out there. <laughs> no. Um, but do you know what actually I think would be useful? Heather, if you're listening to this, which you should be because you produce the podcast, please email that person back and tell them that me and Jasmine would like a Zoom with them to talk more about this. <laughs> oh, oh you know, th- that's, that's still going to be like one of my favourite stories to go back and tell people now, though. But my other one... I'm really I, upset. I tell this all the time. This girl emailed in and she had been doing Grease in school and she'd played Sandy and she spoke about it was a really long message and, I, and Heather condensed it down but I read the full message after the show and um, she basically spoke about how like she could never really afford to do a lot of things and the school had put on a musical for the first time and like her family were sort of like low-income family I don't really know how to word that and she was like yeah my dad came to see the show and I remember the girl that was playing Rizzo and she was playing Sandy the girl that was playing Rizzo got like a big bouquet of flowers and her dad bought her a single rose and it was around Valentine's Day and that the rose was one of those sexy roses that has a red lacy thong in the middle. <laughs> Obviously, it was it was not her dad had just picked up a flower that was like three quid being like, this is what we could afford. <laughs> well, these are some of my favourite, like, do you know what? I'm just going to go what ahead and announce it. Soul. I'm writing a coffee table book with them all in, so... Brilliant. They're all Brilliant. coming soon. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, my oh. goodness. But see, like... mortified. Yeah, but even see some of the tamer ones, like my mate will be sat with me when I get the questions, and I'll just be like... Not the questions, the story. I'll be like, here, read this. And he's not in this industry at all. No. And he'll be like, and it's the tame ones where I'm like, yeah, that's happened to me multiple occasions. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's not. And he's like, does this really happen? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't believe number two was false. <laughs> uh, a fun question now. Um, and I always like to ask this just because it's it just it introduces me to new actors. If you were booked on the West End to do a two-person show for a month, and the producer or director or casting agent came and said to you, listen, we've got enough money that we can just really throw shit to the wind and book anyone at this point. So who do you want to be a co-star? And you can pick anyone on the world that's live. 
shit. And for everyone listening at home, my answer is still Catherine Tate. So if we could go to her latest Instagram post and just comment oh a shit ton God. of comments and get her to come on the podcast, please. Great, great shout. Do you know what? I'm going to say it, Joanna Lumley. Yeah, yeah. Like, what a woman. I remember I was at the NTAs once and my feet were in pieces and I was holding onto the sink. And like, do you know when you just like release your heel, do you know when you just like release your heels, release your heels out of your, your- Relatable content. Yeah, just like, just to release them slightly. And I was holding onto the sink and she came out the toilet, she went, darling, take them off. It's not worth it. And like hand in the air. And I was just like <laughs> in utter shock that she'd come out the toilet. And I was like, I will do. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's Joanna Lumley. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. What a woman. Yeah, no, what mine's always been Catherine Tate. I know yes. for a hundred percent, she would make me look like a piece of shit, and I'm at peace with that. Yeah, she's wicked. Like somebody would go, "Did you see that that lad on stage with Catherine Tate? He was fucking shocking compared to her." Like, <laughs> Never. Yeah, yeah, Never, yeah. He was. I don't believe it. No, it it, it would be. Um, we're coming up to graduation season now, and I'm graduating in the next couple of months. Thank fuck. But what would be the piece of advice that you would give the, the seven and a half thousand people coming to steal your job this year? Uh, go Don't and work in a post office. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. Basically. That's, um, that's the promo clip I'm using. That's, that's <laughs> the audio. Yeah. Give me a fucking chance. Do one. Um, no. Um, like it's so difficult because everyone says to me like what what would be your like advice and it when it's instilled in you when it's your heart and when it's all you want to do it's so difficult but don't do it no I'm joking um, <laughs> well I do tell people not to do it but it is the selfish yeah, thing like, of, like so many people say to me I want to be an actress and I'm like you don't but no honestly but just I'm only keep... telling them that because I don't want to compete with the cunts <laughs> keep learning like keep surrounding yourself with actors stay positive like there's going to be so many no's and you have to learn to just balance out those no's be like okay that what is for you will not pass you by and I'm a firm believer in Same. that if you're hard working and you're doing what you love it will come to you you can't because I could have done this with Waterloo Road this last time. Like, oh, fuck, I've not got that right. It's time to think of something different. No, like, they've just... I wonder if signed... that's going to get picked up by the newspaper. <laughs> because there, there have been a few things, like, um, I don't know if you know Lorraine Stanley, who plays Karen Taylor on EastEnders. Right. I used to ask a stupid question about retraining because, like, it was at the time of retrain Fatima and that. And she right. said she would be a porn star. And it got picked up by all the local newspapers. I mean, all, all... I do think about OnlyFans a lot. I do, but I'd never do it. One, I'd have to wear a mask. I just couldn't bear. But then see... And then how do you... I'd have to promote it on my Instagram. So then people yeah. would know it's me. But then I don't... is there not a certain point of, like, throwing it, fuck it to the wind, that you know you're going to earn a shit ton of money just... Well, this is like, I take my hat off to Sarah... Sarah Jane Dunn, who's just like she's absolutely smashed it, and she's done the whole like empowering women, and she's and do you know what? She hit the nail on the head. She said she used to do the lads mags, and they'd edit the picture without asking her, and mm. they'd get to post it, and it would be fine. And then she's taking her own pictures and doing what she wants with them, and all of a sudden she's chastised for it, and it's like. And also, Holly Oaks started out as the fucking. 
Oh my god, the calendar. Do you remember? Yeah. Right, here's a story for you. Oh no, I don't know if I can say it. Oh, tell it. God. Tell it. Well, I never got picked to do the calendar. And at the time of my life, I was like devastated. Now I'd be like, right, buzzing. Yeah, no, I'm like, not doing it anyway. <laughs> but at the time, it really like got to me a bit. And um, I think the an excuse was used was because you play such a young character. But Steph Davis and Anna Shaffer did the character and they played the same age as me. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it, the thing, and I spoke to Parry Glasspool about this. And if you go back to listen, it's actually a really interesting conversation because he was talking about how at a certain point he was like, I don't want to be that actor with my top off anymore. Because mm. he yeah. said like there were certain people that were sort of like, well, he's only there because he's a bit of totty. Yeah. And that's obviously not the case. But Hollyoaks has always been like that. Like you look at them, like James Sutton, Danny Mack, Parry Glasspool, um, Jen Metcalf, Gemma Myrna. Like yeah. everyone that's on that cast is fit. Yeah, it well, it was a thing for a while, wasn't it? I think that's that. What it, it used to be a thing, but I don't I know. Remember, what, somebody what, called it the page it three anymore. of soaps. Yeah, well, not me. I mean, <laughs> it's it's not that anymore. But there's also not good actors on it anymore. Oh um, no! <laughs> I can say that I've never been affiliated with them. <laughs> but yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think she's absolutely smashed it. And then you do think, oh, God, should I do all the fun? My mum and dad would fucking kill me. Yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but I do... I applied for Big Brother and that was nearly enough for my mum. Oh, my God, you'd have been mega on Big Brother. I do, there is a foot fetish one where you can just send pictures of your feet. And mm. I have gone as far as to make an account for it. <laughs> I've just never... Are you never sure you want got... that out in the world? I've just never actually managed to, to post anything because I bottle it. Do you, what's the art? Tell everyone what the art is and they can come to you. I think it's called Only Feet. I'm but not, I want 10%. Yeah, it's the website's Only Feet. And yeah, I did think because loads of people used to write into like your DMs being like, oh, what size feet are you? Your feet are great. Look at your feet. And I was like, I could do something with my feet. <laughs> no one needs to know it's me. To be fair, People can know it's me. It's only pitched to my feet. Yeah. But then someone did tell me, like, weird people come on and say, will you walk through beans for me and video it? I don't I can't be. But then also you don't have to do that. I know, but if you're going to pay me a nice sum of money, like, I, I, I will walk through beans for £100. You've heard it here first. This is, that's the tagline that- of the sun. <laughs> That's what the sun's gonna say. <laughs> or like, should, am I pitching myself too low there? Should I be pitching higher? Well, I mean, if you always go higher, you can always because uh, my thoughts would be right. Well, she wants a hundred quid, so I'm gonna offer her sixty. Whereas if you say hundred and fifty, I'm gonna offer you a hundred. Ah, yeah. See, not business savvy me. Well, there it is. Me neither. I've just told well, everyone my think, plan. If I also think if five people. Pay me £100. That's 500 quid a day for the same video going out. But what about if they all want different kinds of beans? Like somebody's like, I want Branston. I want beans and I sausage. want Heinz. Beans and sausages. Mm. And I, I don't want beans. I want spaghetti hoops. <gasps> Put your little toe through a spaghetti hoop. Oh! <laughs> I hate feet. Like, I genuinely... Uh, they're not my favourite. Oh, no, I mean, they make me... I am looking at them now thinking, you could make me some money. <laughs> no, I, the feet make me violently ill. To the point of, I, listen, I, I shouldn't. I know it's bad. I'm I'm a smoker, uh, and right. there's this picture. Just next time you see anyone with it or anything, 
I won't send you it because it's disgusting. There's this picture of a gammy foot. Like, you know how they've got like the health warnings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're and like, I get can look at any of the pictures. And there's some funny ones like a kid trying to get their mum and dad's bag. I can look at them all right. That one with the foot, I have to say to them, could you give me another packet, please? Oh, shit. Like, it, it's that. I oh, can't still not stopping you smoking, though, is no, it? No, I've said that. Like, you would think <laughs> that that's what that would do, wouldn't it? So all these people uh, enabling me and just giving me different different packets of cigarettes. <laughs> so it's their fault. Yeah, it's their it fault is. we smoke. It's John from Asda's <laughs> fault. Um, we've come to the end of the podcast because I, oh. I, I mean, I just looked at the time and I was like, no fucking way has that been a, a, an hour and 15 I know. minutes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but it's fun. I've enjoyed yes, myself. I've had so much fun. Um, if you're ever in Glasgow, uh, what I always say, is first rounds on me, but then because you're working and you've had a career, the rest I'm not working. You, you've had a career. <laughs> and I'm spent all my money. Uh, but you're going to think of all these foot pictures, money. I know I am thinking about it now. I'm the account. <laughs> Tell everyone they are and we can, we can get it all going. But actually, on that same vein, where can everyone find you on social media and keep up to date with what you're doing? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Jazz Franks, J A double Z, because I like to be weird. Um, yeah, and that's really the only thing I use. I don't. I mean, social media is the devil. You're also on Twitter. Me. Yeah, but I don't tweet. All right, okay. So, I mean, do you know what? Still go and follow her at, ja- at Jazz yeah, underscore Jazz Franks. underscore Franks. Someone hacked my Twitter years ago, so I had to make another one, and that's why there's an underscore. Oh. See, I'm too scared of all this shit because I get drunk. Well, they hacked someone, hacked my Twitter, and then just kept posting porn. <laughs> Did you get hacked? Yeah, it was hacked because they did it on my face. Was it you? Was it you? It wasn't me. I was devastated. Absolutely devastated. It was just as like everything was taking off. So my followers was going up and up and up. And the worst thing was they unfollowed everyone and and followed Peter Andre. (laughs) You know, Peter Andre. So then I was like, Peter Andre's hacked my account. (laughs) Yeah, and just posted porn continuously. That's no, I got finally took it down. Did you see the, the thing like that's been going around where you got a million and one Instagram comments a day saying, you've won an iPhone 13? I didn't get any of these. I was oh, devastated because I'd love an, an iPhone 13. I won, an, I won a Dyson Air app the other day, right? But I got that scared. Nice. I went through all my social media and, you know, tend on the two-factor authentication. So anybody that's trying to log into my account has to get a code off of my texts. <laughs> Even though, it, it, because it was like, I never thought, because I've got like 300 followers, I was just sort of like, yeah, I'll never get hacked. Like, I, I'm not important enough to sort of, but then but lots like, of people I know have been getting hacked. And I'm like, maybe they do do it to the little do, people. But why do people want your account? What are you gaining from it? Because I think, because basically, right, here's a story and it's, I, I think I can talk about this. If not, I'll have to ask permission. This um, guy that I know, somebody messaged him and was like, hey, do you want to do cryptocurrency? And they, they scammed him for a thousand, but got a video out of him, like saying, hi, my name's Ingram Noble, and I'm now helping you turn a thousand pound into 10,000. And they hacked his account and then used that video on his account to then try and get more people to give them a thousand pound each. Oh, my God. So it's sort of like preying on the weak, really. But my also my opinion of all that sort of shit is if it's too good to be true on Instagram, then it is. It's not yeah. true. And also, yeah. if there were people that were going to let you turn a thousand pounds into 10,000, we'd have all done it a million times. Yeah. So, yeah, this is true. 
that's just sort of my but then don't get me wrong there are people that just sort of go fuck it yeah let's see um, <laughs> you yeah. and your feet pics later you're gonna be like fuck it let's see I, what happens i am gonna i am gonna download redownload the app and just see how easy it is see i need to paint user, my toenails before i do it though. the user um, interface how, how easy yeah. is it so, um, how easy is it to make 100 pound <laughs> in 60 seconds um but thank you so much for coming on genuinely i've had so much fun and if you're ever in glasgow let me know and we'll we'll get right ass together yes definitely sounds like a plan yeah or if you know anyone <laughs> at hollyoaks that can get me a job i'll come to liverpool and we can get right ass together. <laughs> i can't even get myself a job back so <laughs> yeah <laughs> no more hot water bottles and shop that's what it was <laughs> that's what it was they were like we need oh. to get rid of her um but i will let you get back to normal life thank you so much for coming on it's genuinely been uh, for 10 o'clock on a Monday morning, uh, I'm, I would do it's it again. There. 10 out of 10, it's would do there. it again. Would recommend. <laughs> thank you. Have a lovely day. And you, thank you so much. And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 71 completed. Thank you so much to Jasmine for taking the time to come and speak to my good friend Ingram. I love the podcast. Make sure you follow Jasmine on social medias. The link is below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please, please, please leave a little review. Um, I personally love these podcasts and I would give it 10 out of 10, but I'm being biased. So please, if you're feeling great, leave a rating and review below. And also please remember to get your tickets to This Is Where We Get Off, the fantastic play that I wrote with Ingram Noble. You can get tickets at www.highproductions.co.uk. Ingram will be back next week speaking to another special guest, this time someone from Shameless. So join him next Tuesday. Have a great week. Bye. Drama school dropout. No graduation day. Don't you hold course, now try something new, trying to scoot up.